Hello everyone, my name is Aiden Hall and this is Redesign. The Redesign podcast highlights the attempts as Ball State students try and redesign their uh, unified media daily news website. It is a way for students to sort of help impact other students. We are going to be a weekly series highlighting the attempts as they progress and hopefully at the end of all this we can look back as a sort of stepping stones to the wonderful uh, publication that we have today. Uh, Today I actually have a very special guest, the head of this entire project, Professor Ryan Sparrow. He has done several, he's been in the industry for years, he's worked at several different publications as well as being a professor here for 10 years. 10 years, so he definitely knows the way around things. Uh, Mr. Sparrow, welcome. Thank you. Uh, so let's just start by going over what you hope to accomplish with all this. What made you decide that this was a necessary class and where you wanted to go from it? Um, well, you know, I think that um, here at Ball State uh, and the student media, they're experiencing what is happening in a lot of different um, professional organizations as well as student media um, organizations, um, high school um, which is transitioning, you know, out of the the print world and into a digital world. Um, and actually, it's it's we've even skipped that step now. We've actually kind of gone from transitioning into a digital world into kind of more of a mobile world and a social world. And I think that um, you know we've we've struggled with that because you know we have kind of um, some legacy here. We have um, different groups that have gone um, and have a a rich history. Um, the daily news in particular, you know, um, while it's not necessarily daily anymore in that it produces a daily newspaper, uh, it's now three days out of the week, um, it is still, you know, it ha- you know, it has been a daily newspaper in the past and it continues to produce uh, daily content and, and spits it out there. Um, but what we're getting into is um, where things have just kind of become a little bit siloed, where you know, there are, you know, students that are, you know, well, I work for the magazine or I work for the newspaper or I work for broadcast television. And as we move forward, that's not really how people are taking in their media anymore. Even the students that are working on these publications don't necessarily believe in that and, and read like that anymore. You know, everybody is, is working across and, and reading across um, mobile and, and digital forms. So you're trying so, to blur the lines. Absolutely. Well, and it, you know, maybe it's blur the lines, or it's maybe is just kind of creating something new, right? And and trying to just rethink, you know, what it is that we do and how we do it. Um, and you know, if at the end of the day, you know, there's still a magazine, there's still a, a newspaper, there's still a broadcast. You know, that's great. But you know, those shouldn't be necessarily our our primary staples anymore. Those shouldn't be the things that we you know, absolutely think about to be the, the most important things um, and and really kind of goes by the wayside to, to the content that we're producing. When you said you were bringing together um, magazine, newspaper, broadcast news, and they're all very much in the class and they're all working together, what were some of your thoughts about sort of taking a back seat and letting these organizations come together and sort of decide their teamwork right. and where they want to go with it? Well, you know, I, you know, um, Ball State has always been a strong believer in an independent student media. So while there are um, faculty advisors, you know, the faculty advisors just do that. They advise, you know, they push, they critique, um, but they don't necessarily dictate content, right? They don't come in and say, absolutely, you can't do this particular story. 
Um, it is something that is a little different from what high schools sometimes experience, where there is a little bit more of a, a kind of a, a hand or a control, or, or even you might even call it censorship. Um, so we've you know we've always kind of taken this this um, idea of an independent student media very seriously. So you know it, it needs to be you know it needs to come from the students. You know this these changes needs to come organically from uh, from the students. But it hasn't happened, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, social media has been a huge thing for the last five years, six years, eight years maybe. Um, and we're still struggling with how we, you know, we, we send out our content across social media. Um, you know, um, webs websites and apps and all these different things, you know, it, they didn't just appear overnight. Um, but yet we are still struggling with how to, to get that, you know, kind of some of that content off the ground. Um, and a lot of it is just because, you know, it, there is such a tradition there and there's such a hold on it that the students come in and in addition to practicing their journalism skills, they've also kind of got to learn these new technologies. And typically, you know, uh, students and universities will look at the industry as, okay, so we're emulating what the industry is doing. Well, right now the industry is kind of messed up, right? Yeah. The industry doesn't necessarily know what's happening. You know, I mean... Newspapers are, you know, cutting more and more staffs. Um, television, you know, the, you know, it's still being driven primarily by advertising. But does anybody watch, you know, television advertising anymore? Um, you know, especially with like DVRs and TiVo and all that. Exactly. Uh, you know, radio. Um, you know, people are listening to more podcasts like mm -hmm. this one. You know, so you know, and podcasts and, and other forms of, of audio um, content. So everything is changing. Right. Um, and we we don't have the luxury anymore of just sitting back and waiting to see, you know, that when the industry kind of settles down, because that might never happen. Right. It might just keep going. Um, you know, right now we're talking about, you know, that, it be, you know, instead of it being digitally first, it needs to be mobile first. Well, what happens when it you know becomes more of a wearable first? Right. And, you know, the news gets, you know, has to be pushed out on the watch. Right. First oh, yeah. thing. So, I mean, you know, it, it, we don't see any sort of a time when things are starting to settle down. You know, this technology and this change is, is going to just keep going on, um, and it's affecting everything that we do. So, when you say it's not going to settle down, right. you know, we've, as you said, we're very set in our ways. Uh, you know, there's, you know, principles. And a couple weeks ago, you were talking about the voice of most of our writers as, you know, something that a 40-year-old white guy would say as opposed to right. what millennials would talk about, what 20-year-olds yeah. and 30-year-olds. How would you hope to break sort of that, not necessarily stigma against yeah. uh, casual talking, but what is one of the benefits of being more casual with readers? Well, I mean, I think that that's kind of what people have gotten used to. You know, people have gotten used to more of a casual voice. I mean, that it, the, the web, um, and as you, you know, look at writing for the web, it should be more of a casual voice, you know, and a little less of a, you know, kind of a traditional structure. Um, but I think even, even beyond that, so last year we had a, uh, a woman come in um, by the name of Jane Friedman. And Jane is, uh, you know, has a, a very popular uh, website and podcast series about writing. And um, she came in and she talked to, um, you know, some of the faculty. And one of the things that she said struck me as really interesting and she said, um, why is it that none of your students, uh, that all of your students want to either write for the New York Times or the New Yorker? And none of them want to work for BuzzFeed or write for BuzzFeed. And I thought, wow, you know, like that statement alone, like says all kinds of things that, that is going wrong. You know, 
with maybe the curriculum, but also definitely with, with student media as a whole. Well, and the mentality with right. students. Exactly. So, you know, like, why is it that, you know, um, that they don't want to, you know, that they want to write for these traditional publications, that they want to write in that kind of traditional format? You know, and I'm not a sociologist. Um, you know, I don't necessarily study generations. I can tell you just from my observations of being around millennials day by day um, that um, they, you know, they want to be taken seriously. And this isn't just millennials. I mean, you know, I'm sure I was like this as a generation it's all X. kids our age. Right. You get to a certain age and you, you want to be taken seriously, right? Um, but we also know that that's not necessarily what... Um, you know, 18 to 22 year olds necessarily want to read, right? Um, and, you know, so we did a, a small little survey, you know, here at, at the university um, where we talked to just, you know, we, we grabbed 100 people that were um, in line waiting for some free pizza, right? And we asked them, you know, just a series of, of quick questions about the t- kind of content that they would like to read. And one of them, you know, and it shouldn't surprise anybody, was this kind of entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, style stuff. And it's not something that is really done in student media. Nobody really writes about entertainment. I, you know, it's always been a mystery to me. Why not? You know, this is the type of stuff that when I was a working journalist, I would have loved to have done. I would have loved to have kind of covered stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, you know, there's some opportunities there um, that are just going unfilled, right? So, you know, finding different ways and different types of content that that people want to really engage with is is really instrumental as we move into this new day and age in media, right? <laughs> so traditional media companies just, you know, are, are struggling, and it's because they don't, you know, people don't feel like um, they're getting their money's worth out of it, right? Whether they not at all, I mean, that's a whole different argument, but, you know, they don't feel like this is content that I, I really enjoy having, that I would pay for, that I, you know, that that I want to be a part of my life. So, you know, finding a way of of doing that needs to be one of our, our big, you know, um, goals and objectives is, you know, developing different content that, that makes a little bit more sense for these audiences. And then there's also the delivery mechanism, mm-hmm. right? So, again, we're stuck in that traditional roles of print-based stuff, and the website is a secondary thing. So figuring out how to kind of, you know, send that out in a different way. Yeah. So when you say uh, entertainment is what a lot of people like right. to read and everything, there is still obviously a need for, you know, news, news, like, you know, sure. political and, you know, how would you propose meshing entertainment news and news about campus events, uh, politics, things like right. that in this new, you know, digital media? Well, let me step back and talk about a little bit about um, like what we have now. Right now, um, currently, and this is you know uh, mid-September 2015. Right now, we have a website that is called bsudaily.com, right? Mm-hmm. And and that is a you know what I would call kind of a very traditional style of website. If you go to most daily newspapers, they all have a very similar look to them, right? Which is big picture, you know, a few bigger headlines, and then it kind of you know goes down, and it might segment between you know sports and features and whatnot. But they're all going to have basically kind of the same look and feel to them, structure. Um, and, and that's great for a publication that, that you know, is, is sending stuff out. What, you know, I'm proposing with, with BSU Daily is that it becomes a little less of a publication style and a little bit more of kind of an aggregator. And an aggregator 
um, would be a site like um, the Huffington Post or Dig or uh, the Wire.com or AtlanticsWire.com. Um, and a handful of others. I mean, Reddit, you could even oh say yeah. that Reddit is, is a aggregator, right? Oh Which yeah. is, you know, you're going to this central spot, but y the content is from everywhere, mm -hmm. right? And so that's what I think, you know, BSU Daily should be a little bit more of, which is... A know, culmination rather than just a housing right. place. Right. So a culmination instead of a housing. And that's, that's exactly it. So it becomes more of a kind of a chronological feed. You go mm -hmm. there a couple times a day. You know, the stories are going to refresh, right? You know, it does, you know, there, there isn't necessarily as much of a hierarchy, you know, at least, you know, here's the top story. It's the top story because it's the last one posted. Um, and it's, you know, it becomes more of just this regular feed of stuff. What that will do is put a little bit more pressure on what I call maybe the subdomains, but it's the, the different publications. So, you know, Ball Bearings, um, which is a, our campus magazine, they've already kind of got their own website. Byte, uh, Byte, what is it? ByteBSU.com. ByteBSU.com, thank you. Uh, Byte already, you know, Byte is uh, kind of a, a niche area for um, gaming um, and technology. Um, but they've got kind of got their own website. And, then, you know, right now it doesn't necessarily make sense to have, make them all fold into this, you know, one gigantic BSU Daily site. But instead, BSU Daily, you know, offers up some of this content and sends it out to these different websites, right? Mm -hmm. And we can do that from all kinds of areas of the campus. There are, you know, a lot of different organizations that aren't necessarily under our unified media umbrella. So, you know, we can smartly send them to all kinds of different content, right? And then suddenly, you know, there needs to still be a place that all of the Daily News' content goes. Well... You know, we have a, you know, bring back a dailynews.bsudaily.com or just dailynews.com or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, everybody still kind of gets their own website. This also introduces students more to the web, the importance of the web. Well, you know, we've got to do something for our website. You know, the broadcast station has its own website. You know, um, you know we could cr create other, you know, these subdomains. Mm -hmm. And so everybody kind of has their own website that they're, they're having to deal with. So it gives a little bit more of a, you know, um, the importance onto their website instead of just saying, I've got my stuff to do for print, and here I'm going to send it off to this random person over there in the corner who's going to cut and paste my copy onto this website that I really don't have anything to do with. I gotcha. So ideally, in a perfect world, what would you do to completely revolutionize this new unified media? Well, you know... I'm. It's a tough thing to say because, you know, on one hand, I do think that there is a, a role for traditions. And I do mm -hmm. think that there is still a, a spot for areas to specialize in. You know, um, I don't think it's necessarily um, fair to just, you know, go out and blanketly say everybody needs to give up their own websites and it begins to become sports.bsudaily and features.bsudaily and technology or, you know, some of these other things. I then think you just become a keyword rather than an entity. Right. So I think that there's still a, a place for um, these identities. Now, what would be nice to have is uh, maybe, you know, a unified content management system and an advertisement um, system so that, you know, we can, you know, um, use advertising across all these different sites. But I would say that that's, you know, that's maybe the, the next step, you know, um, it's not necessarily there now, um, and and maybe it wouldn't, you know, it won't be there. But um, that might be kind of what what goes next. 
And really, just our final question. You know, Ball State has been in the journalism industry for decades. It's one of the best journalism schools in the Midwest. What would you say is probably the most characteristic, or at least the most inspiring thing you've seen from Unified Media as it is right now that would inspire future students that come and they see this final end result? Right. You know, I think it's, um, you know, I'm inspired that, you know, that there is a, a desire to do something different, to, do, to change things. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm really seeing that play out, that it's finally gotten to a point where a lot of people are saying, you know what, you know, as I go out to internships, as I just go out and, you know, read things that are happening, you know, and, and look at other publications, I don't see some of what we're doing reflected in that. And I want to change things. I want, you know, I, I know that I need the, you know, a little bit more social media um, training and aspects. I know that um, it's, you know, it's important to, you know, understand how multimedia is used. I know it's in- important to understand how we get more of our, um, you know, readers through social media and understanding analytics a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I'm really encouraged that um, there is this kind of a, a, a drive to understand the stuff, you know, a lot more. Oh, yeah. A very, uh, an, un- un- uh, an undercurrent of passion, if you will. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's always, you know, it's, it's a great thing about Ball State is that, uh, you know, the students are um, very hungry to, you know, to kind of get to the next step and, mm-hmm. and, you know, always kind of looking at, you know, what they should be doing. Well, and we've even seen self-starter organizations like Byte, like um, no, Real Deal and stuff like that. And I think, you know, that's, that's just it. You know, I think that, you know, things like Byte um, are really, I think, maybe what was the catalyst for all this, you know, which mm-hmm. is, you know, here you've got a, a publication that started up out of nowhere, you know. I think a lot of people scoffed at the idea of gaming journalism. Well, the gaming industry is huge, oh right? Yeah. You know, it's, and it's just like the entertainment industry. There's a huge market for that out there, and it's what people want to read. And you've got Byte that is a digital-only product. It is not, mm-hmm. you know, found in a print form, at least right now. And if it is ever, it, you know, the print form will be a secondary form as opposed to its main thing, which is the their website. Which more people view, and it's much more easily accessible. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, Professor Sparrow, for coming on. Uh, Look forward to more episodes coming in the later weeks as we sort of break down where the site is going. Feel free to follow us at bsudaily.com. And we will hopefully have a wonderful new project to show you. Thank you so much. As always, I have been your host, Aiden Hall, and I look forward to talking to you next time.